Do you want to change the world? So do I. On this show, we meet artists whose work is doing just that. Welcome to Art Heals All Wounds. I'm your host, Pam Uzel. Who gave you permission to be an artist? Who told you you could or that you should said, hey, you're really creative. You should be an artist. Did you stop believing that you are an artist? You made something with your hands and someone told you it was no good or that you should stop playing around and get serious. You know, don't quit your day job. Who defined for you what art is? Was there someone who said to you, oh, that's not real art? Maybe you had a mentor who told you that you actually could define for yourself what your art could and would be. These are questions that I think about quite a bit. I think we're all born to be creative in some way, But like so many things, that part of ourselves can get lost along the way, depending on whether you were nurtured as an artist or whether you were discouraged. Why does it matter if we, all of us, recognize ourselves as the artist we are? Every time that we work on our art, that we make something, we're discovering who we are that day. What are my fears? What are my prejudices? What stories do I tell myself? Am I worthy of being loved? We pour all of the tenderest parts of ourselves into a form where it can be shared and experienced by others. Art opens us and we share. And maybe something happens that closes us up again, but we have the chance to open up and share again and again. That's what making art enables us to do. These thoughts I have about art are actually the teachings I've received from my guests on this show. Each week, I get to listen to artists whose work transforms them. Then they take that work into the world and they transform those around them. On today's episode, I talk with two guests who were able to articulate this process so perfectly and beautifully. Lynette Partlow Myrick and Jenny O'Grady, two Baltimore artists credit their deep friendship to their art practices, practices they've shared with each other and with many others too. They lead workshops together that help people form deeper bonds. But first, everyone there has to identify their own intentions and stories. Lynette and Jenny share the open secret that they've learned firsthand, that art is where we come together and share our common humanity. Baltimore native Lynette Partlow Myrick also goes by Mama Neff, and I call her Neff in the interview. 
She's a visual artist, poet writer, spiritual activist, and grandmother. Her visual artworks are held by private collectors and featured in her 33 books solo show, The Dosa Do Two Woman Show with Jenny O'Grady, The Earth Project, and many other places. Her writings are published in several anthologies, including When Divas Laugh and featured in readings at the American Visionary Art Museum, Baltimore Museum of Art, Baltimore Book Festival, Artscape, Theater Project, Wild Reading Series, and the Miami Center for Performing Arts. Ginny O'Grady writes and makes book sculptures in Baltimore. She is editor of UMBC Magazine and Director of Content Development. That's University of Maryland, Baltimore County. She taught book arts and electronic publishing as an adjunct professor in the University of Baltimore's Creative Writing and Publishing Arts MFA program. Before that, she worked as a community newspaper reporter, following in the footsteps of her mother. She's also editor of a quarterly ekphrasis journal called The Light Ekphrastic, and her poetry has been published in multiple places as well including The Little Patuxent Review, The Rusty Nail, Everyday Genius, and Splotches, Visual Pulse. Both Jenny and Neff are book artists. I had not heard of this art. If you haven't either, keep listening, and they'll explain exactly what this is and why this art form has opened them up as artists. Hi, Neff, and hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for being on Art Heals All Wounds. Could you start by telling us who you are and what you do? Um, Neff, maybe you go first. Hi, Pam. Thank you for having us here. It's such an honor. Um, My name is Lynette Partlow Myrick. I'm also known as Mama Neff. I am, what am I today? (laughs) I'm a visual (laughs) artist, poet grandmother, I love saying that, Um, spiritual activist, educator, and collaborator with the fabulous Jenny O'Grady. You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, hi, I'm Jenny O'Grady. I'm a book artist and a poet and a mom. We have these things in common. And professionally, I am a magazine editor And I also run an online magazine that pairs writers and artists to create new work. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I met Neff through William Rhodes, who does a lot of work that connects, you know, different communities, different generations. And that's how she and I made the connection. But before we get into that topic too much, I do want to ask you both about a joint show that you just had and the book art that you're referring to. Can you explain a little bit about the show and what book art is? Hmm. I think it's going to start with uh, at least my understanding and experience of book art as a form of art where you create books, but you imagine and reimagine the possibility of what books can be and what a book can be. It's often, book art is often characterized by its sculptural aspects and its multidimensional, sometimes even multimedia aspects. So that's my take on what book art is. What about you, Jenny? 
that's a good description of it. It I think we both wind up doing work that's rather sculptural, but there's always a story involved somehow. Mm-hmm. And we use a lot of different kinds of materials in telling the stories. We like to reimagine what a page can be. And one of the things I often like to talk to people about when sharing the book art is, you know, the idea of, you know, if you're reading a normal book, you know how it works. It's front to back, cover to cover. But with book art, you're giving that control away to the reader and letting them experience the thing and and hopefully coming away from it with a unique experience. We were both introduced to, I believe, book art as, you know, a legitimate art form through Kendra Kapelke, who is former director of the MFA Creativity and Publishing Arts program at the University of Baltimore. Kendra is our beloved teacher and fearless cultural creative in all things creative. But she invited us as students to imagine what a book could be. She taught us, she said, book can be anything. And Jenny and I were among those students who really took that literally as an invitation to just explore like what covers can be, you know, what a spine could be, what folios could be, what the content could be. And it changed my life. It changed my life as a creative being because I realized that there was this form and these different forms that I had as, as a child growing up being an artist um, and having been groomed to be that and supported by my parents very much to be that. You know, I had a conditioned way of seeing art and doing art and making art. And then, you know, I meet Kendra and go into this program and all of a sudden it's like my whole universe shifted. So I was able to let go of a lot of that conditioned training as an artist and open to something else that enriched me and that enabled me to bring my lived experiences into this practice of making books in all kinds of ways, as Jenny says, using all kinds of materials and realizing that the essence of everything around me is the substance of these books that I make. You know, we collect stuff. And so people give me stuff jewelry when they're cleaning, doing spring cleaning, when they're moving, when they just have odds and ends. It's like, hey, you know, she likes stuff. She does things with um, the stuff people give her and she makes things out of it. And so it's, yeah, it's just centered me in my, my work as a person who makes things that, you know, we call art in a way that my whole lived experience becomes incorporated into it. And then it becomes a thing that is a book which may not always look like a traditional book. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because you're kind of segueing into what I wanted to ask the two of you about. I know that you don't only do this book art. You also have led workshops for people. And what particularly makes me think of this in what you were just saying, Neff, is that you talked about finding this art form that really changed how you looked at art and how you looked at what something could be. And I'm wondering if you can talk about these workshops that you do. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Jenny, do you want to talk a little bit about the workshops? Sure, sure. Well, I think one thing that Neff said that really struck me is the idea of the books we're making as as opening you up, opening you up. And, And part of that 
you know, our approach to our art is opening ourselves up to our past selves, our child selves, our creative selves, where you're not judged, where you're able to kind of get past the things that that clog us up as adults. And so when we do our workshops together, we're coming to people in a way that allows them to come to those that, that creative source, in a sense, both in terms of visual arts and in terms of uh, writing that is done in a way without judgment and hopefully is opening people up to what they might not say otherwise or might not think of as being important or valuable. What do you think? Nick? Yeah, that, that's, you know, what happens in the space. I think it's before we delve into what happens in the spaces of these workshops that are really studio, I call them human bonding studios. Oh, wow. I'm going to talk a little bit about our relationship. Jenny and I, you know, came through this program together and I just, I fell in love with her and her energy. She's one of those people who consistently shows up wherever she is, really bright and heart just wide open, you know? So for me, she was always a safe space in terms of this humanity that was in front of me. But in addition to her being just this really open, bright, loving, really positive being. She is one of the most amazing, extraordinary artists I know. So in this MFA program, I was always looking over her shoulder trying to figure out what is she doing now? This just blew me away. And so after the program, we just continued to stay connected. We would get together, typically for lunch, and we would bring our stuff and what we were working on. And it was very chatty and we did that and we kept bonding and the relationship grew deeper and we would come and it was just like this really open, safe space to be as vulnerable as you could possibly be with a person, you know, just around us sharing our work together and talking about our work. And so that's how the show Dosa Do, Jenny came up with the title, which is a form of book art. It's two books that are joined together by a common spine. Wow. And we had our first exhibit in 2018. And it just evolved out of our love of book art, but our love of each other. And this this relationship that I still, I'm reluctant to try to define it because it's so organic and real. It's so, you know, right. going into this, the latest show, Dosa Do 2, which is a real celebration of our friendship. We were invited to do a workshop as a way of just, it was kind of promotion for the show, but also just to share with people who we are and what we do. It was structured as this kind of studio, but because the focus was diversity and around diversity issues and getting to know and embrace and welcome others and the other, we started with just having some art exercises and with the idea that before we really can enter into that conversation, we have to locate ourselves inside of, in that case, diversity, but our own conversations about being with others. Mm. And to do that work and to get really honest about it and, you know, just do that deep diving, just to locate ourselves inside of our own relational conversations. And then we would did that first. And then we did our another art exercise where the participants created a piece of 
work, but then they shared it with each other. But each time in the, the first session where you're doing the work with yourself and on yourself, you're locating yourself inside of your own self-talk, so to speak, and how you're really feeling. And then the second part is engaging with others. And so I think in that first workshop that we did together, we found first and foremost the power of having people engage in some really, I would say tough, but penetrating conversations in silence and exploring those conversations through your fingers, through your hands. There's some way, you wow. know, you just bypass the automatic responses that we have, the ways in which we would normally respond to certain questions, especially you know, when you're in groups of people or getting to know people, you kind of bypass all of that when you have the space to be in a room, quiet and still with other people, but yet in your own exploration, in your own sacred space. Um, and then inviting people to share about that. And I think we both were really surprised. And Neff, what are they doing on the table? What do they have in front of them? Oh, stuff. Because Jenny and I love stuff, we bring stuff. <laughs> what do we have? Crayons, markers, scissors, glue, uh, bits and pieces of materials and stuff. What else? We just have a lot of stuff, don't we? Yes. We've accumulated <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> well, I'm really curious to ask a little more detail about this mm -hmm. because during this first one where they are working in silence, do they have instructions about this idea of their conversation with their themselves or what what are they how do you kind of lead off this time of them working in silence what is it that they understand this to be about it starts with a question you know whatever the focus is whether it's diversity, we've also done another one around the focus of culturally sensitive teaching. So the first question that we ask is, why are you here? Like, honestly, why are you doing this? Why are you here doing this work? Or why are you interested in this work? Why are you interested in being a part of helping people to accept each other and allow each other? And so we use art activities as a means for people to explore those questions by themselves in silence. You know, and at first, some people, you know, we got to let them know first that it's not about being an artist because it's not that. Right. It's about exploring and being open to a new way or for some a different way of really delving into some deep conversations relative to what you say you're up to in your life. Hmm. Well, and, and you thinking of how to do this in silence and also giving them some time where you, in other situations, you might be trying to fill the time with, with random chatter or, feeling like you're not doing a good job and talking about that or, you know, the things you do to kind of put yourself down when you're doing art. And by having, I think it's brilliant that you have them do it in silence because they're only thinking about this one thing and they don't, they can't put themselves down. They're literally just focusing on that. And um, mm -hmm. we hardly ever have time to do that sort of thing. 
in life. Yeah. And then people start to, you know, we invite people to identify maybe colors that mean certain things to them to develop a metaphorical language for themselves in that process. And depending on how long the workshops are, people may have anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to delve into a, one question. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, well, that's why we have different materials and textures, like whatever the, what's coming up for you, uh, what does it feel like? You know, what color is it? What shape is it? What form is it? And it's just amazing to me when they do that and they take the time to do that. And then when they share out the depth of the sharing blows me away every time because then people begin to, they begin to express and define their ways of being, issues that may be going on, feelings, things that they have kind of buried, that have come to the surface in that process in a very authentic way. Every time the sharing is so authentic and genuine. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because they've been in this space where it's not performative. We're not asking them to create, you know, some great painting or anything. It's it's not performative. It's it's highly personal. It's honest. And it's something that came out of them in the moment that was spontaneous and yet directly in response to what the question was. I think it's also kind of cool that they don't know that they're going to share or they have the option of sharing or not sharing. So if you're doing this thing, it's for yourself. You don't, like you said, it's not performative because you think you're, you're just doing it for yourself. And then at the end, or well, sort of the midpoint of the whole of the whole workshop, but at that point when this part is over, Neff invites them to share. And it's like, oh, wow, I can actually, I have a million things I'm thinking now. And, and they're bubbling over with what Neff has brought out of them, which is, <laughs> which is just amazing. And it's not performative at all. because I think that makes it more genuine, you know? Right, right. Well, I'm so curious. I mean, this seems to be what you're doing is taking them into this space where they can actually have a moment of rest and think about the question, I'm really curious, what are some of the other questions? Um, it's usually, why are you here? What are your limiting conversations? What is your real intention? Um, they range along that line and we've changed them for just slightly depending on the people, you know, who we're, we're working with and mm -hmm. what we're told prior to the workshop is the major focus of the workshop. For example, we did a workshop with another group of faculty members who were part of a culturally sensitive teaching initiative, all right? And they were having a retreat and they were working on a new vision statement. Apparently they had reached some certain goals of that initiative. And so they were, you know, coming up with a new vision statement. And our premise was, okay, before you get to the, the we, the individual has to get to what, what she or he is there for in the first place, you know, and how right. what's drawing them to the work. That was so similar questions. I don't remember, honestly, what the one question was, but I think you remember, Jenny. It was so emotional when they shared out. It was a deep emotional response to 
this work of being educators who create a space for people to be safe and for the beast people we call students to feel safe and to, to be able to express themselves. And it was such a deep, deep sharing. And, you know, I really got it that they were able to connect back to why they said yes in the first place. Yeah. Which is part of that, like, why are you here question, you know? Right. To reconnect, because we can, I don't know about you all, I can get involved in a lot of things and then you're in the work of it and you're doing it and you have initiatives and you have milestones and so forth and you're just in the work of it. And then, as Jenny was saying, rarely do we stop and give ourselves time to just pause, to locate ourselves inside of our own work, to reconnect with that thing that made us say yes to it in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. And to check in to see how we're feeling about that in the moment. Because, you know, I know for myself, um, these days I only sign mm-hmm. up to do things that I know that I'm truly committed to and that I love. And that doesn't mean that it, those things don't get difficult sometimes or challenging, you know, but I've learned that it's important for me and I have practices for myself, creative artistic practices to check in even in those tough challenging moments and just to see how I'm feeling and how I'm relating to the, this thing that I'm so committed to. So to give people mm-hmm. that, that space and time to do that, I think is is a real valuable contribution to whatever conversations we're having about bringing people together and recognizing and acknowledging people. And then what Jenny does next, you know, after what I do, then takes on a whole different life because then she, her activity is about the we. I'll let her tell her part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you unlock the why in everyone and you bring people out of their shells. And then we sort of do the visual art part in the morning or the first half and then use our words in the second half. In, in fact, in the first half, we say no words, no words at all. Don't even get there. We'll do those later. And so I like to um, walk people through a process where we create what I call a magic book, which is just sort of like a little zine. And I usually create a new one for whatever we're doing, but they generally have questions inside that kind of relate to a person's personal story. Or as Neff said, if we're working with a particular group and they have particular things they're trying to do, we'll we'll do questions based around those things. But Um, For me, this part is about getting them to do something that maybe they're uncomfortable with, you know, folding some paper, cutting can be scary, but it's also just one flimsy piece of paper so you can mess up, right? And then I think at the core, the questions are meant to help you see that your story also matters, that you too can be an artist, that your story has value. And so in the same way as they share at the end of Neff's piece, we'll go through and we'll give them time to quietly write answers to questions one by one. And then we'll have them pick a partner to share with. Um, Sometimes we actually have them (laughs) start with one book and then pass it to someone else so that they're, by the time they get it back, it has other people's answers in it. 
which has been an interesting <laughs> that that if you want to disarm people, I, I mean, really, like you can um, get them to give their stuff away, and then uh, <laughs> it's it's actually pretty pretty cool. So, yeah. Well, so I'm curious about this process. I think you just said, Jenny, you too can be an artist, and why is this important in trying to bridge divides, trying to bring people together? Because so many people in this world think that they absolutely are not an artist. Yeah. I think that both Neff and I do our art personally in a way that is of the people. We're not snobs. We are about making art accessible to people. And even if you come to a show or we show you one of our pieces of artwork, we're probably telling you, oh, this is just made out of beans or, oh, this is just made out of whatever. And as we're, what we're hoping is as you hear about how we make things, it's, it's coming from a personal place. We mess up all the time. We, we keep building and that this is part of a lovely life. <laughs> you know, this is part of a practice that makes us happy. It's not mm -hmm. about perfection. It's about, and because both of us, bring our own stories into our work. It's also about saying, yes, I can say I'm a poet. It's not a weird thing to say. I'm an artist. It's not my job, but I am an artist. And and I think especially when I when we talk with students, you know, it's a great way of helping them see like their lives have value. And hopefully, you know, I have come from a journalist journalism background. You know, I feel like really everyone does have a story to tell and that whether you're writing about it or you're making it or you're painting it or, or what have you, if you can feel good about what you're doing and, you know, it's worth sharing and that we can all learn from each other's stories in this way. It makes it, it, it opens the door, essentially. And I think what Jenny and I embrace in our work, she says, we we're just everyday people. Artist to us is not, it breaks from a traditional definition. We are maker of things. You know, I mean, that mm. really for me is, even if you just take away the artist, just maker of things, we create things and we create things in response to our lived experiences and our relationships with ourselves and other people in the natural environment around us. So we are making things. And the invitation is you tell people you can be an artist too, but not in that formal way. And it's like we are building on Kendra's tradition in terms of getting people to see themselves from an expanded perspective. So, you know, we say you're art, you can be an artist too. You're a creator of things and you have that capacity to, you know, create from your, the essence of your own self. And also, you're seeing yourselves as st storytellers. You're the creator mm -hmm. of your own story and you're the storyteller of that story and how important it is, if for no other reason, for yourself right. to capture your story and for posterity. Because when we're gone out of these bodies, we're gone out of these bodies. Cassandra Wilson, this amazing singer-songwriter, says nothing lasts forever except the love that bears your name. And I would say the art that bears your name as well. And so mm -hmm. it's the creating of things and the bringing ourselves and our stories to that and letting them live in the world. You know, I, I failed to mention that 
the actual tangible thing that they work on in our workshops on my half of it is just a, a, the journal of the day. And I exactly. just, it's, a, it's um, two pieces of paper folded in half and there's your journal, right? And they start and they've got four pages and that's it. <laughs> so you typically wow. they respond to one question. I typically have four questions, sometimes three. And so first page, their response to that first question, no words, just what lands on that page. So they, they lead the, the workshops, the studio sessions, you know, with the, the journal for that day that can be an artifact for their lives, a keepsake, whatever they choose to do with it. And then they have this, this shared book also that comes out of Jenny's part of the workshop. And I think it's like the granting permission. I, I think that's the key to a lot of it. You might not come out of it and say, I'm going to be an artist now, whatever, but we've given them permission to explore stuff that they might not normally explore and hopefully tell a story they haven't told before. And to relate to each other in a different way than they have been, because in each workshop we've done, I've observed very different people coming in to the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they may be coming in, they may all work in the same place, they may all work, serve on the same committee. They may all be involved in this certain mission that they've taken on, but they're all very, very different. And it's something that happens when you're given the time and space and lots of crayons and <laughs> markers and stuff to explore your own inner life in the moment. And then you have the courage to share that. And then you do something with someone, you sit there and you're creating a book and you write something and you share it with them and they create something. It impacts the quality of just the communication. And we've seen that, you know, where people may have been reluctant to, I'm serving this committee with this person, but really I don't want them to know that much about me. You know, I, I'm dare not, <laughs> I dare not say this. Oh my goodness, the chair of my department is sitting right here. So I'm not going to say that something actually happens by the time that they get to uh, the exercise that Jenny facilitates. They're relaxed. As a matter of fact, most times we have to like tell, okay, you gotta, we got, we got to stop now <laughs> because something has opened. They've given themselves permission to be open and honest and access something and they can be with each other in a different way. Yeah. And then it's wow. just, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Just the, yeah. One of the things that I find interesting is that right now, our country, our society is suffering from so much polarization and so many divisions. And I'm really curious to know what the two of you think about the potential of people working together in this way. I mean, I almost feel like the two sides of the Senate should have to take your workshop. <laughs> that would be wonderful, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but seriously, what do you think? I think that the issues that we face are so very complex. We have so much unpacking and so much healing to do. It's, it's probably going to take generations for, you know, Americans, those of us who identify as, as Americans from the United States of America, looking at what we're dealing with now. It goes back generations. It goes back to the attempted genocide of the indigenous people um, in order to take their land. 
to the enslavement experience, to the indentured servant experience. So it goes back. And you're talking about, in addition to all of that, generations of unhealed trauma, right? And so uh, it's complex. It's going to take us a while. And I really believe, based on just my experience and observation, is that it's going to begin, it's got to begin in the way that Jenny and I work, one individual getting clear and honest with him or herself first, locating yourself inside of your own prejudice, your own racism, your own biases, your, your own phobias, and then finding or working your way to a space where you can start to unpack that with others in a way mm. that we're honoring the humanity in front of us and that we're listening and we're allowing and that we have some other processes. I think artists have a specific role and job in this movement toward a beloved community, you know, mm-hmm. to do what we do, to do the things that we do. Jenny and I do what we do. You know, singers and musicians do what they do. Actors do what they do. Whatever it is that we do that unifies and brings people together and art does that. And it can, and we have, you know, countless, countless um, examples of the unifying power of art. So artists, we have a specific job in this. We, it's like, we got to get busy, all hands on deck, <laughs> you know, all hands on deck. But it starts with, I believe, we have to find ways to get people to really identify and locate themselves in this conversation of the divide and then start from there. And, you know, expanding consciousness, creating space for people to to come together. You're right wing. I'm progressive. I'm black. You're right, you know, and to sit together and just put some crayons and some colors in front of those two people and have them deep dive into some serious questions and sit there and hold the space for them with the agreement to honor the humanity in front of them. And just to see what, you know, see what comes up out of that. And, you know, that's our part. You know, I think whether we're artists, psychiatrists, podcast creators, all hands on deck, each and every one of us from where we are in our respective professions and chosen paths in life, we have a role to play. We have a job to do, and it's time for each one of us to do it. Mm-hmm. When we do that workshop with the House and the Senate, which I, I'm very much looking forward to, maybe they'll wind up like the, the way Neff and I have. You might see us and you might say, how do they become friends? What's going on there? They don't look matched at all. And we had years of being friends over art. But in the last few years, that became deeper and, and very honest. And that is what has taken our friendship to the next level. Is what's tar- and we've created art together based around that. And I think that if we are any indication of how art can change people, bringing people together through these workshops to open the door, can th- you can start with art and then you can take it to the next place. It needs to go. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation listening to you. and. Definitely, I feel like something I needed. So before we say goodbye, will each of you tell us where 
people can find out more about you and your work. I mean, I've gone through, and I know you're both poets. I've read some of your poetry. So where can people find out more about you, both your book art, your poetry, that sort of thing? I'm at partlowart.com. So partlowart.com, that's P as in Paul, A-R-T-L-O-W, art.com. I'm at jennyogrady.com. No apostrophe is necessary. And uh, (laughs) Jenny O'Grady Book Arts on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me. This was such a lovely, lovely, inspiring thing to listen to. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us again. Thank you so much supporting us in the world and just sharing our work with, with people around the world. Thank you. This is a joy. Really, really, really a joy. You're listening to Art Heals All Wounds. Thank you so much to Lynette Partlow Myrick and Jenny O'Grady for sharing their friendship and the wisdom they've gained by helping others create bonds through art. Listening to them really deepened my belief in the power of art to create change. If you want to learn more about the work that Lynette, aka Mama Neff, and Jenny do, please visit their websites at partlowart.com and jennyogrady.com. You'll be amazed by their book art. Thanks for listening to Art Heals All Wounds. And as always, let me hear from you. I love when someone leaves me a comment about ways that the artists on this show made them think about their own creative life. And be sure to follow this show wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with a friend that you think might enjoy it. The music you've heard in this podcast is by Ketza and Lobo Loco. This podcast was edited by Eva Hristova. Art Heals All Wounds comes to you from Oakland, California, on unceded territory of the Chokenyo Ohlone people.